Hello there. Hey, how are y'all? I think they're doing great. How about you? Oh, you know, I'm doing swell. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. You're listening to another episode of You I Do, the podcast that is going to get your wedding published. We had a wonderful episode with three very amazing guests that are changing the black wedding media game. They really are. And I am here for everything that they're doing. And I am just rooting for them, like seriously, because same. they publish beautiful couples, beautiful black couples. And they showcase many weddings that are tremendously diverse. And we love to see it. We absolutely love to see it. We sure do. So enjoy this episode and make sure you follow them on Instagram if you're not already. We have three very, very special guests with us today. Guests, would you like to introduce yourselves in whichever order you decide is perfectly fine? (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Hi, I'm Brittany Barbosa. I am the founder of Fawn and Sable, a wedding blog that exclusively features Black brides. And I also serve as the creative and editorial director. Very nice. All right. I'm Stephanie Oliver. I serve as the business and developmental director for Fawn and Sable. I helped actually rebrand our name and choosing the name Fawn and Sable. And I'm also Brittany's younger sister. So I'm the middle sister. All righty. Very nice. And I'm Cassandra or Cassie Davis, and I am the marketing and PR director for Fawn and Sable. So I run most of our social media and yeah, I, we are so excited to be here. We are so excited to have the three of y'all on. Oh my gosh. We absolutely love Fawn and Sable. Like the diversity of brides, just all the different aesthetics reading about their different stories i just love all of it i know tania does too but yes (laughs) (laughs) so we are super excited that y'all are on but so tell us a little bit for those that may not know um, about fawn and sable what is fawn and sable why did you change the name to fawn and sable like give us all the good kind of like rundown by the way love the name Yes, yes. Yes. So just in case anybody didn't know, we are sisters, actually. Um, I think my middle sister, Stephanie, alluded to that. I'm the oldest. Stephanie's the middle. Cassie's the youngest. And uh, we're just, we've been close all of our lives. And we've always loved weddings. We've always loved events, event planning. And so we have always kept in abreast of what's going on in the wedding industry. And it's something that's kind of like a fun thing for us to do. Um, Actually, our mom kind of does it with us too. She's like into it. And so over the years, uh, when I actually started planning my wedding, 
back in 2013, that's when I really noticed the lack of representation that we have here. Even now, it hasn't changed too much. Um, But with regards to seeing brides of color, and it was pretty obvious with a lot of the mainstream titles that you would generally think of when you think of the wedding industry. I don't really want to see any names, but um, so just seeing that there wasn't people who looked like me made me feel as though we aren't getting married when I know for a fact that we are black women do get married, despite what the media may be telling you. Okay. The mainstream media. So that really was something that I'm like somewhere, somehow there needs to be more. And I do know that there, I did know at the time there were a few other names. I'm sure you there, but that was pretty much it. And we just felt like there could be another name in the space. So we held on to that nugget of an idea and we expanded on it, did our homework, researched and all that good stuff. For many, many years, we kind of stayed underground with it. Then finally, kind of did a soft launch in 2018. And we knew we always wanted to do a blog to just mainly feature just Black women who are brides, Black women of all types and shapes and walks of life and who marry all different kinds of men. Um, from all different backgrounds and races and whatnot, just to show everyone we are getting married. So when we did that, we had to come up with a name and I'll pass it to Steph for that because she can tell you how she came up with that cute name. Um, So we chose the name Fawn and Sable to represent the variance in beautiful hues, if you will, or shades of brown. My mom has always called it a rainbow of blacks, um, right? When you think about the variety of skin tones that represent black women, black culture, it's such a vast range. So one day I was at home, our original name was um, Blackberry Bride, kind of like the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Mm-hmm. We decided one day I was, <laughs> I was driving, I think, and I just was like, oh, let's, let's not do that. I don't remember. It, it just felt a little bit maybe gimmicky, so to speak. So, um, I was, you know, shopping online one time. I was like, I noticed this and ampersand is, is common. A lot of good business names. And I was like, Hmm, what are some different ways of saying Brown or black? So I I went obviously to like the dictionary thesaurus. And I was like, I saw the words fawn and I saw the word sable. So sable meaning darker hues of Brown fawn, meaning the lighter. And so we at fawn and sable represent everything in between. Um, and that's really important to us. I love that so much. Yeah. And to piggyback, um, you know, if you think of fawn, you just think of like a beautiful little deer, baby deer. And it's just like precious and beautiful. And you think Uh of sable, I think of like a sable coat, you know, luxurious. And so that's just, it just had the runs, the gamut of not just the colors and within our um, community, but Mm -hmm. the personalities, even if you think about it. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And especially because like, if you just heard the name, you wouldn't like maybe know, you know what I'm saying? Like, but then, cause I think sometimes things that are marketed for us are very like overtly marketed for us, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, that could also deter from people, which I mean, not to say like, you know, that's the target audience or anything, but You know, I think it's nice sometimes to just kind of have like things for us that are just like, it's for us, but it doesn't have to like scream like, 
this is for black people or like this is for black women you know like in different ways not not saying you know again (laughs) and those that have definitely come before like definitely represent understand you know their place and whatnot but you know we're in 22 we need some diversity we need to show the representation of us in the full scale of such and i think y'all are doing such an amazing job with that yeah so again thank you thank you yes warms my heart (laughs) so much to hear that so oh good good (laughs) and also i just wanted to say that you know that Ashley and I can definitely relate to your story because we actually changed our name. Yeah, we started out as the Black Wedding Podcast, but we were very intentional with that. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's just try to establish who we are and kind of what we're trying to do. And then after a few months, it was like, okay, we don't have to anymore. We can scale back. (laughs) I did throw it in there. Like if anybody's searching, you can still find us that way just for SEO purposes. But yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we're excited to have y'all on. Um, can y'all also, like, before we play our game and whatnot, but give us kind of a rundown of, like, what it was like when you were actually planning your weddings and, like, kind of going through that process. I'm not married, so I will <laughs> let my sister take this one away. Um, it's funny, actually. We are... I'm 10 years younger than Stephanie and 15 years younger than Brittany. So we have a pretty big age gap, but I think that's something that makes fun and table really fun is I can kind of bring in the younger aspect and the, the views from somebody who's not married and they get Mm -hmm. to bring it in from two beautiful black women who are so, um, but I will let them share about their wedding process. All right. Steph, if you want to go since you're more recent. (laughs) Yeah, say so, so. I had the privilege of being engaged in 2020, um, mid pandemic, and then having a pandemic wedding in 2021. Um, and I use that term loosely because we were lucky. We, it was in July. Um, so rates were down. We were able to have over 200 guests. Nobody got sick. Um, had some pretty specific protocols, more or less. So I'll kind of leave it at that. But it was, it was a fantastic event. So what I realized in 2020, so I got engaged in July. In June, we had a resurgence of Black Lives Matter um, with uh, George Floyd. And what we started seeing was um, that was also the month we launched. And so we were started to see like different competitors of ours or even not competitors, but just the whole wedding industry start, you know, showcasing Black Lives Matter, putting Black brides on the cover of their magazines. And we're like, great, you know, we made it. Um, I hope they can start to partner with us. I hope we can all kind of be there for each other. And I will say about six months into planning, it stopped. And it went very much back to the status quo. And so I guess one of the frustrations that I had with wedding planning is that it was almost like we were a trend as Black women. And we, as Fawn and Sable, we, we never want to be a trend. We are, exist simply so that Black women are seen in this category that is attainable, is beautiful. Um, And that's what I really wanted to express too with my own wedding was that I wanted to showcase that, um, that we can have great designs. We can use wedding planners. We can be classy and all of the different things. Um, So that was, that was kind of where, where my um, passion for this, both personally and for the company comes from. Uh, I know Britt can probably relate a little bit with some of her, her planning process. Yes. So 
Um, being the oldest sister, you know, I just was all um, a big kind of experiment for me, especially also living in, um, I got married in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so our family lives there. Um, we're all pretty much based in Ohio at this point, except for Cassie, who just moved to New York City. Um, so, but originally she was living in Ohio. So um, I was in Columbus, Ohio, and, um, you know, it's a major metropolitan city, but I still did feel like there was some of the planners that I see now. And I look at some of the photographers and, and I think, man, if I had just found somebody who was, who will travel, which so many travel now. And so, um, you know, I would have probably tapped someone who was in Atlanta or was in Washington, DC, um, who really knows black women, what we like, what, what, um, you know, our tastes are and whatnot and how to photograph us really well. I actually, I had a really great photographer in terms of the, the style that I chose. He did a fine job with that, but I did a lot of homework on that to make sure. But yeah, I mean, just in terms of inspiration, um, not seeing a lot of people who looked like me, but I'm also the type of person that I guess I'm kind of used to that. Um, a little background about the three of us is we've grown up in a lot of different cities as children. So, um, we've lived in a lot of different places. So, um, a lot of times some, and we'd often be maybe like one of few, um, black people in our schools or in our neighborhoods. So, um, I guess that part wasn't as unfamiliar to me. So I just pushed forward. Um, and I think I got the outcome that I wanted. So I was really happy. I mean, obviously we all have snafus that happened during the wedding day, but, and I had some of those clearly, but overall the vision that I wanted came to fruition, which I was really happy about. So, but I definitely envy a lot of the brides. And I mean, if I could do over my wedding, like every year I would, cause <laughs> I love weddings, like I said, and <laughs> I mean, if I could wear a wedding dress every single day, I would, oh my God, some of these gowns <laughs> that these brides are wearing to this day. I'm like, where was this yeah, five, 10 years yeah. ago? Oh my God. I drool. I drool over the gowns. I have my dress and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's cute too. Right? <laughs> so I can understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love that <laughs> because one, so Stephanie, again, your wedding in beautiful, just yes. beautiful. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Um, but no, I could definitely relate. And I can even just imagine that, like, especially being so close to the industry. And then, of course, now seeing like your sister go through all of, you know, like the planning and the searching and all of that stuff. It's like, where was this? Yeah. <laughs> where was this when it was my turn? But hopefully, you know, like, especially what y'all are doing and, you know, like the brides that are coming up and to come will feel like they're being seen, they're being heard. They, see all the ranges of the you know the different styles and the different types of weddings they can have and that's part of like what our conversation tonight is about because i know that there are a lot of brides that get excited once their pictures come back or like they're engaged and they just you know they start tagging all the places and they think oh i'm gonna get posted or even some vendors think that you know ah oh, like this came back amazing. They see the photos. Okay. We're going to get picked up somewhere. And that 
it's not always the case. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, I hope to get published and then I get published. Like there's a process. And so we're really excited that y'all are going to be able to kind of like talk us through all of that and figure out like, what is it that we can do? Because I mean, like Tania's wedding is just a few months away. I'm hopefully a few days away from getting my pictures back. And I want to know what I can do so I can, you know, start <laughs> getting my wedding out here and seen and whatnot too. <laughs> so, um, but before, of course, we dive into that, it is now everyone's favorite game. Um, we're going to play this or that. <laughs> um, and basically, everyone should know by now, but just in case you don't, this or that is the game where you pick between one option or the other and explain why. So what we're going to do is actually start with you, Cassie, then Brittany, then Stephanie, just because that's how y'all are ordered <laughs> on my um, screen. And then we'll do Tania and then circle back around. Tania, yes, these will be easy because she just texted me. I was like, these better be easy. Yes. <laughs> this is an easy one. I know okay, sometimes good. I like to throw you some You switch it up. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you no, do. No. And I'm this like, is... come on now. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty easy. So to kick it off, um, wedding wise, would you prefer to have a modern and bold wedding or like a vintage and kind of airy wedding? I can already tell my sisters know what I'm going to say. I'm saying <laughs> modern and bold all the way. Okay. Um, that's just totally my style. Um, I'm very like clean cut, sharp edges kind of a girl. Love so it. definitely modern and bold for me. Okay. All right, Brittany, what about you? I would have to say, oh, it's tough. Okay, um, vintage and airy. I'm sure that's what they also would probably agree with. I just <laughs> some. I don't know. I, anything airy, I love. I love floating in the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephanie. In true like middle fashion, I don't know if this is a non-answer, but can I pick modern and airy? Okay. Because I feel like I called and I called my wedding. Um, what did I call it? Sophisticated boho, um, where I kind of, or um, sometimes I would call it like urban or ethereal. So like, I liked to, I like to marry the airy, marry the airy, the whims, the whimsical, the natural bohemian with like really like cut, like sky views, city views, that kind of industrial, however you want to call it. But that kind of makes sense. Cause again, I'm a little bit of a blend of both of my sisters. <laughs> And I feel like your wedding kind of reflected that. So that's actually, did. E yeah. It yeah. definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's right up my alley. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seriously. <laughs> All right. So um, Tania. So I'm going to go with modern and bold because I can see where, you know, where I do have some um, elements of modern, but then I also have some boldness as well. So yeah, so I'll go with modern and bold. Okay. And mm -hmm. you know, every time I always think that you're going to say something else, but you always say what I would end up saying, which really? makes sense because... I mean, yeah. we are best friends, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and very similar in a lot of respects. So... Yeah. So with that being said, modern and bold here too. I think I've seen some beautiful vintage and eerie, but... I don't know. Like if I had to pick, 
I think it's the bold for me. Like I have to, I have to go in there. Okay. So second round, we're talking nail shape for your wedding day. Would you prefer almond shaped or coffin shaped? I'm going almond all the way. I have almond right now. So that's probably (laughs) why, but it's also because coffin gets caught more easily, like the Mm. sharp edges and almond is just, I think it's a little softer and it won't snag your dress or anything. So I'm definitely going with almond. Good point. All right, Brittany. These are new to me, these shapes. I I have (laughs) almond right now and I'm experimenting with them. I like it. So um, if I was choosing between the two, it would definitely be almond. But I'm also just kind of old school about like a tiny little, uh, just a short like squoval. I know that's not one of the choices. So, but yeah. (laughs) I That's a good almond. answer. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie. I I have to probably go coffin. Um, the almond, I have long, we all have long fingers, but I have long, thin fingers. And to me, the almond just makes my hands just continue. Um, it was funny because when I was looking at rings, like I had to look electronically online because I didn't want my now husband to know I was doing this. So I had to do the try on online and Photoshop it on my finger. I originally wanted an oval, but it made my fingers look really, really long. And uh, we talk about photos, presentation, like getting featured, things like that. Like I didn't want to look like my hands just continued. So I, I have to go coffin and I got to probably even, I, I went very short, um, just very natural neutrals. Like I hope, hope this is okay. All right. Good answer. I, I like I, one, I really love all of y'all's like thought processes <laughs> for these questions. <laughs> ah, love it. All right, Tania, what about you? Um, you know, I like my short nails, to be honest, but she was almond. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can have all. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I'm also going to go with almond. Um, I think when I first started doing like SNS nails, I had like, I I was doing square shape and I don't know why. And so I was rolling with that for a few months. And then I think one time I went to like someone else and they did like almond shape. And I was like, why was, why wasn't this my start? Like, why was I doing square? So, okay. I didn't realize that because I was like, no, you had the almond shape for a minute that was like like go back to like my engagement photos that was square oh square Mm -hmm. (laughs) mine was square (laughs) i did nothing different between my i pretty much wore the exact same color in my engagement photos in my wedding and i'm like i don't know yeah i think square was a thing for a while like that's how it started me into the getting us into the dip game right sns dip game it's like you have to just be square at right? first. And there was, I didn't know you could even do almond until I saw Cassie doing it. And I was like, that's dip. I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this all wrong. So right? you, Ashley. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone there. Okay. <laughs> all right. So round three for your recessional celebration. So you're married and before you walk off, are you going to do a handshake or are you going to jump the room? I think I'm going to pick handshake just because it's more personal. I think it's like a cute touch. And I, those are my favorite pictures of like the couples coming down the aisle. So I think a handshake would be a cute little moment. 
Okay. Are you talking about a handshake, like a secret handshake? Yes. Okay. Wow. I haven't seen that before. Okay. Um, that's actually really cute. I guess I will do jump the broom because I did not do that at my wedding. And I kind of look back and like, I wish, kind of wish I did it and carried on that tradition. So, um, I don't know. I would do the broom. All right. I'm Definitely. shocked. I'm just shocked that Brittany said broom. I was, I don't know why I was just like, <laughs> um, honestly, we just, a lot of times when I've seen people have a broom, a lot of times it's been like a family tradition. Like, just unfortunately, like our, no one in our family, it's not like we have a broom that we pass down or anything like that. Um, so I would probably do a handshake. My husband and I like to do like dances and like little things like that anyway. So that's probably more my speed. Alrighty. Tania, what about you? Handshake, hands down. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, that's more me. I've been thinking or I've been going back and forth with, you know, like, oh, like, should we get a broom? But, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't think I want to jump the broom. So handshake, I think that would be, you know, up my alley. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I would agree. Um I'm realizing more and more that there aren't a lot of brooms being passed down, you know, like either just, you know, loss with ancestry, just not having kind of like, you know, not knowing that historical lineage, I guess, or not having one, you know, um, and there are a few places where you can buy a broom. There is a particular store I have in mind off Etsy. These brooms are not cheap. These are not cheap brooms. They're really pretty. They're really nice. They are not cheap. (laughs) Final round. So are we going to have the specialty cocktail match the season we're getting married in? Or are we going to have a specialty cocktail that matches our wedding colors? We're having a specialty cocktail that matches our wedding colors, hands down. Okay. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like that's more personal and like it makes it, it just makes everything flow. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. I have to go with Cass um, on that one. I like, I think the season ones are cool, but I kind of feel like anyone can do that. Maybe Um, just sitting at home. It's like, Oh, let me make a fall cocktail, but to have it be personalized to your wedding, it's that we're talking, I don't know. Wedding branding is a big thing now Mm -hmm. that like, Maybe when I was getting married, it wasn't, it was starting, but now it's all about, yeah, this creating this cohesive look, this wedding brand. And so going with that, even if your, if your drink matches the colors, like how much cooler would it be than to just have like a signature drink, but it's color coordinated as well. It's like, so I'm going to go with that. All right, Stephanie. I'm laughing because my colors were like, I called it icy sage. That's what I called it. And I feel like a green drink can get really Gatorade surge looking. So you're like, I got to be careful. So um, we definitely, we did this and we definitely had a his and hers and it was seasonal since it was July. Mine had grapefruit. His had, I think it was like an old fashioned with like some lavender, but we, we purposely, mm. when we were looking at the choices um, and trying to come up with our own like little signature blend, that was, that was important to us. Um, we ended up using like little cocktail napkins at cocktail hour that had 
our um, little logo that we created in our wedding brand. So our wedding colors were kind of throughout, but also very subtle. So I wanted like very natural, neutral tones and with the pop of this um, icy sage. I like that. Okay. Yeah, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really haven't thought about this. I mean, I've thought about the signature drinks I have, but I didn't really think about, you know, the, the fact that you can actually, you know, turn it into like your wedding colors. So um, I actually like that idea. So I'm going to choose the wedding colors. Mm-hmm. Good answer. I, I think I technically did both because the, I think my cocktail matched the color, but then again, it was in the, um, the like ginger mule type of mug. So Mm -hmm. I really don't remember actually looking inside people's cups. So was it Tania? Did it? I don't know. I was, I was busy being a maid of honor. I was busy mating. I was busy mating. Your mom had the drink. I do know that. Your mom had it. Yeah, I'll have to ask her, but. (laughs) Okay, well, but we've had a guest that has come on before um, that I think had like a deep red wedding. And so she had um, like a a red drink. I'm trying to remember what did she say? It was something with tequila. I do remember that much because I think. That was, you know, she liked to drink tequila with her husband. So, (laughs) but they were trying to match their wedding colors as well. So they found a drink that matched. I I think for me, I was just trying to find a drink that had Goldschlager in it because that used to be. (laughs) You know about Goldschlager? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're all the same. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh i love Cass, do people s- sorry Cass, mm-hmm. cassie's gen z so Cass, do people still drink goldschlager <laughs> no i was introduced to it through Brittany, so i think that kind of must show our age difference. <laughs> 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 i did try it and it was it was all right that stuff doesn't mess around it no. really doesn't. No. It doesn't it really doesn't it's is a different it's a whole different <laughs> like, like breed of alcohol. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. And so now we can actually dive into our conversation and talk about how to get published and having like cohesive wedding aesthetics, and all of those good things, because, you know, I feel like if you're, if you're planning and you're listening to this episode, this should feel like, this should feel fun because, you know, there's so much right now that could be stressful with wedding planning. You have COVID, you have just maybe like family drama or like bridesmaid drama or whatever it is. But it's like, you know what? This is all about like the pretty. This is all about what you're going to love after the wedding is over. So I'm just really excited to to really like pull out my pen and paper and like take some notes and figure out what I could do retroactively. Um, so Tania, you can kick it off. All right. So can anyone get published? I think that's a great question. And for us, obviously we only exclusively feature black brides, but as we've mentioned a few times, we really feature the entire range of black brides and we really like to see every single wedding that's unique you don't have to be doing the same thing as the last bride that we published or the next one that we're going to. So I really think that your wedding style is yours. 
And if you want to get published, you can get published. And I think that as long as you're putting your unique touch on it, you're doing something maybe a little bit different than the next person, then you can totally be published. And to your point about wedding planning being really fun, it's that if you don't want to be published, you don't have to, that's not everybody's goal. But if you do want to get published, I think having, like I said, that unique spin is really something that most publications look for. To Cassie's point, also, we feature Black brides, but we feature Black women who identify as Black. So we don't presume to look at somebody and say, oh, we know that that person's Black. It's whoever. I mean, we've, we've approached brides before who we would think that possibly they were Black, but um, didn't identify as such. And that's okay too. So we, um, doesn't matter, you know, whether you happen to have biracial parents or biracial grandmother or grandfather, if you in some way, shape or form are a woman who has, you know, a background that is of African-American descent in whatever way, and you'd identify as that, then we are open to that. And as far as, you know, publishing, getting published, yeah, it's, it's not um, the end all be all do your wedding for you for sure. That's number one. Um, but I'll speak for myself personally. When I was planning my wedding, I knew that I wanted to be in a publication. I had a specific one in mind that was like my dream publication back in the day. And I kind of did make majority of my decisions with wedding, with the wedding, with that in mind. So if you really, if you do, you know, you are getting married um, and that's important to you, I would just say be intentional with your choices as you're going along in the process. Um, It's harder to kind of look back and be like, oh man, I wish I had done that. Or, oh man, if I had only done this, then maybe I would have gotten been looked at, you know, to be published or featured um, somewhere, even just reposted. Um, But if you're in the planning process and you can, you still have control over that, do your best to try and obviously don't make it like they do in the movies where it's just like, it's all about the wedding. And you're like, oh yeah, that guy I'm marrying. Okay, whatever. He's just going to stand there and say, I do and say yes at the altar. And it's all for show. Like, don't, don't be, you know, disingenuine like that. We, we favor authenticity. That's our highest form that we're looking for is authenticity uh, as a bride, a black bride. So that's our number one thing that we look for. But um, obviously don't be, don't be, you know, cheesy like that and be sure to do it for yourself, do it for the right reasons, but just make sure you're, you're thinking about that from the lens of, I do kind of want to have this published. I'll let pass it off to Steffi. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if coming off of intentionality, I think one of the things that I love about us with Fawn and Sable is just the story. We're really into your story, the storytelling. And I think even as a culture, as a black culture, um, people will kind of say folklore, um, anthropology, our culture, we tell a lot of stories. And so if you're wedding, if I can look at your pictures and be like, there's a story here, this is oh my gosh, I need to know a little bit more about what they're eating or, oh, I can just tell by the way they're kind of standing or posed or, or the, the group of people they picked or even the locate locations, huge. If your wedding tells a story and it's a classy story, you can, you can be published. And the, also the beautiful thing about being published is that 
your wedding, people always say your wedding's only one day, or maybe it's only a weekend, but it kind of lives on in time when you get published, which I really love. There's be times where some of our brides have been featured in, in other publications and they've been, you know, you'll open up the magazine and it's been months, maybe even years later. And you're like, oh my gosh, I saw your husband is still on that piece and it, it lives on in time. And so that's one thing that I really like. It almost becomes like a yearbook, so to speak. I love that. Mm-hmm. So earlier you all were talking about the branding of a wedding. Can you explain what that consists of? Yeah. So branding for your wedding is huge. It's just the same as you would for a business or a personal brand. Um, I think that your colors and any emblems or logos or anything that you infuse into your wedding really becomes a part of your branding. And like Stephanie was saying, it becomes your whole weekend or it, and again, it can live on in time. And I think that's really special to each couple too. And I think that working with an event planner is really a huge part of that. And they can help you discover your wedding brand. And that is, again, something that we typically look for in a wedding is a a cohesive branding experience throughout the whole event from ceremony through the reception to the last final kiss with the sparklers and everything. We look for um, the branding to be cohesive in all of it. Yeah, even things like invitations that really set the stage, you know, even prior to invitations, like save the date, even whatever you do in your um, engagement pictures, some people take it even that far, or even starting with your, if you have an engagement party, some people are really intentional on those events, those pre-wedding events, even taking their brand, so to speak, all the way through, all the way until the, you know, the send off with the sparklers or whatever. So what we mean when we say have a cohesive brand is, you know, you don't want to have like, if you're creating a, your pro, if you're doing a DIY too, FYI, I love a DIY, DIY, right? That's my jam. That is my jam. I'm DIY all over the place. So do it, but just be intentional. Just be careful that you're making sure that your brand is cohesive, as Cassie said, throughout the whole process. So one example would be like, don't use different fonts on different things. So if you're making your programs at home, do do the programs, but don't, you know, don't use like, oh, well, I don't have time to do. I'm just going to slap this little logo on it over here and this little font over here. And then it looks completely different from your invitations and, you know, your napkins or whatever. So those are examples of when, you know, or try to keep the same floral type of flowers. If you're doing, you know, if you're making your own bouquets or if you're trying to save money and you're, you know, you need your people to help you make bouquets like don't have just all the kind of different flowers, unless that's your look, you know, if that's your intentional choice. But, um, you know, don't just have all these mismatched things. That's going to just really kind of ruin the idea of this branded, very buttoned up, dot your eyes, cross your T's kind of look that we that we like. One thing I would say, too, is I think, and it was on a podcast you you guys had a um, not too long ago, is this like idea of like timeless um, this and how it's not really achievable. And I know Cass and Britt, we've talked about this a lot, but I, what I love is 
something that's timely for that bride, you know, that is that brand. And so I love looking at an invitation or I love looking around and being like, oh my gosh, this is Cassie. This has Cassie written all over it. Like if I close my eyes, I could probably picture Cassie's wedding. Even though I was trying on dresses, I was like, this is a Cassie dress. Or like, I tried on another one. Brittany came out. I came out and Brittany was like, I love that one. I'm like, we're like, we know. And like, I, it was just, it was just funny that, um, but you should see the spirit of that person in it. I, I'll never forget the biggest, one of the best compliments I got was when I walked into work one day and my coworker was like, Stephanie, I got your save the date. It's so beautiful and it's classy and it's so you. And it was my husband. I was a pouring rain day. Nobody knew that. I tried to do that Michelle Obama and thing that everyone's doing right now wasn't going to happen because it was pouring rain and we were, it was COVID. We couldn't travel. We couldn't go to the mountains. We couldn't do any of that stuff. Um, so we went to a brewery, um, like a hotel. And then my, um, photographer surprised us with like a little studio that was kind of eclectic and staged almost. And it, it was the few photos. I love them. I mean, they, and people said that those were me. So even my photographer, who I hadn't even really met still was able to capture my essence and we were still able to capture us. So I think that that when, when we look for photos, we really want to see like, again, that you, that brand, that story. I love that because I think, and we've talked about it, of course, before on the show, but it's so easy to just like get caught up in someone else's aesthetic. So having something that is like truly personal to you and really feels like, yes, that is them. Or like, that's exactly what I would Im- imagine or envision is just perfect because it's just really, really easy to just like, even in the frustration of wedding planning, just be like, you know what, this is just what I'm going to do. I saw it. It looks cool. Boom. But like, there are still ways that you can still make it yours. And um, really like by making it yours makes it even more unique for, you know, like fun and stable to publish and really be able to like show off your stories. No, I agree. Um, I mean, even with the wedding that I'm planning, you know, there were times where I was just like, you know what? I don't need to have the wrap on the floor. We can just stick with like the little brown parquet. Yes. 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 And, you know, thankfully my wedding planner, as well as my event designer, they were like, no, Tania, we're not doing that. You know, we are going to stay on brand with this wedding, you know? Um, and so ladies, if you're out there and you're in like, you're in the planning process, don't get frustrated, you know? Just lean on your team for help, you know, of course, to stay on brand. So thank you so much for explaining that. That was an extra question. (laughs) But I know that everyone out there, you know, appreciated that answer. So So I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but what, if any, are like the qualifications that a bride or say a vendor would need to get published? I'd say on our site specifically, one of the things I love or or I like seeing as natural elements, something that is unique, but not authentic. I think Brittany said that earlier. Um, So like real flowers versus fake. And yes, we know that we are where we're at. We're trying to be a very reusing society. And, um, but there's ways now to save parts of your bouquet to make Christmas ornaments. I literally have some of my dried palms all decorated throughout my house. Um, So there's ways you can be eco-friendly, but I'm, I'm all about like just cutting corners and it shows. So I would say just being authentic, using the real items, 
taking it for what it's worth. I think another qualification for us is we're really not a post and go kind of blog. We're not taking your photo and we just want to feature you one time. Like we really want to tell your entire story as a bride from beginning to end. And that's another reason why we love featuring engagements too, because often our brides come back and we can feature their wedding as well, which is one of my favorite things about it. But I really think that telling your entire story is super important and our readers love that too. They want to know that you met on Tinder. They want to know that you met in chemistry class. You know, they want to know these things and it really makes it, um, it adds those personal touches into your story. And again, kind of adds to that wedding brand that you have because that is your whole relationship as a couple. And that shows on our blog as well. So we love those full circle moments that we see with get a couple and their story from engagement. And then we get to feature them again as um, in their wedding. That is is such a lovely story to tell. But um, one of our biggest things I would say in terms of your criteria is we, we look for a full story. We look for details, details, details. So what we like to say is less is not more when it comes to wedding submissions. We have a lot of times had people who had really great wedding or really from the pictures, really wonderful um, wedding, but they didn't really provide us much background information. So we really struggle to um, put a post together for them or a feature together for them um, or vice versa. We have a really long, wonderful story, but they've only gave us like five pictures or maybe not, and a lot of times we'll see um, some submissions where brides feel like if we only provide the, the husband and themselves, I guess, I don't know, they hear like, they hear fun and table and it's a bridal blog or a wedding blog. And they think, oh, I only have to give them pictures of just me and my husband kissing. And so we'll get like 10 pictures of them just kissing at the altar over and over. And it's like, that's really wonderful. And yay for black love and yay for love and, and all that. But we need, we want to know, and we want to show our readers all the details, all the hard work you spent, all that year. I mean, years of planning for some people, especially in this COVID time with all the rescheduling. I mean, we're talking two year time periods for some people. Um, And so you've worked so hard as a bride to create this masterpiece of sorts and do this branding that we're talking about and button up every little last detail. We want to see those things. We want to see all the favors. We want to see the welcome bags. We want to see, um, you know, the tablescapes. We want to see, um, you know, all the details of the getting ready process, not just for you as a bride, but also for your groom too. Yeah. Ladies, don't forget about the groom. Show us the group too. Like, what's he doing? What's his day like going through this whole thing? We want to see all the, the expressions on people's face, the picture of him as he sees his bride walking down the aisle for the first time, the tears. Like, we want to see um, all that. It's way better to give us a thousand million pictures. <laughs> Maybe not that many, but give. Uh, we love full galleries. Let me just tell you that. Hint, hint. Um, if you can get a link, you know, from your photographer, or if your photographer can submit directly to us and give us the whole gallery, that really helps us to choose from all your wonderful moments. But you know, the best I would say to do that would be the best I would say. But if not, that's okay too. Just remember to take us through the whole day from start to finish. Give us more because we can always pare down. Otherwise, if we don't have enough, we have to come back over and over and ask for more. And a lot of times that can get kind of convoluted and sometimes it just falls through the cracks. So 
I'd say just as much as there's the things that you do want to submit, I think, you know, Brittany, I think summarize that really well. You think about like the things that maybe you shouldn't or that wouldn't get you published as well. And I know Cass probably has more to say about that as well. But when we are giving photos, you know, really, if you aren't going to give your full gallery, that's okay. But really do put like that variety, but put your best foot forward. So unfortunately, sometimes we'll get like a big gallery and a lot of it's of the reception. And we all know that a lot of times photographers leave early in the reception for a reason. They know that the photos they get are probably going to get, you know, you have the drinks pouring and different things like that. So you'd also don't want to necessarily embarrass your guests or, or submit photos that wouldn't put your wedding in its best light because all we can do as the viewers is focus on some some dance floor pics that and nobody probably should be seeing again just keep those in your private album at home that's what we say yeah <laughs> they're not completely necessary for telling your story that you know uncle johnny over there is just doing the worm across the dance floor you know and sweating <laughs> profusely like it's okay we, we don't we aren't going to post that picture but he also might not be so happy if he saw that online, you know? So think about that. Think about those kinds of things before, before you add them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's hilarious. So I'm happy that you all were talking about, of course, like the submission part. So our next question, can couples actually submit their weddings or only vendors? Because there are some publications that will only accept it from the vendors. So Yeah. So, I mean, we can only speak for Fawn and Sable, of course, but I think nowadays, especially with people having more influence on social media, I think especially it's more common for couples to submit their weddings or for the publications to reach out to them if they see that it's viral on XYZ. So I think that both couples and photographers or any of the vendors really can submit their weddings. And we've had a range of videographers, photographers, planners, et cetera, submit really, really amazing weddings. And I would say maybe one tip for vendors is just to make sure you have the permission from the bride, of course. Uh, Most photographers own the photos, but I think that that's kind of important as not every, again, not everybody wants to be published. So that's just the one thing for vendors. But again, couples and anybody involved in the wedding really can submit. And I think that's, again, becoming more and more common. We've had grooms submit to us, um, which we welcome it. We will take, we would take a submission from a mother of the bride. We would take a submission from a maid of honor. We, we'll take a submission really from anybody um, who was involved in the process. So long as the bride, obviously the, the bride and the groom, you know, sign on or in, sign off on that and, and are aware of it and want to, um, because we have a questionnaire that we have all of our feature potential feature people um, fill out. So whether you are doing a engagement shoot or whether you're going to have a wedding feature, we have lots of questions that we have to ask you so that we can just really craft a wonderful little section for you to tell, tell your wedding story and give those really hot, juicy details that people want to know. Like, what did you, what was your first dance song? What did you eat? Tell us about the elevated menu, please. Um, you know, those, those really great details, you know, what was your, did you have any, we really love special feature moments. Like, did you drive off in a Bentley or fly off in a helicopter? Like one of our brides did. And like, I mean, I, I had never heard of that. And I was like, wow, like that's the ultimate goals. That's my ultimate, like 
you took a helicopter away from your way. Okay. You win. So, you know, we want to know all of those things. We want the readers want to know, you know, your colors, obviously. So all those kind of little details, we call those out, but we got, we have to know that. So, uh, you know, we've got to have somebody fill that information out. And if we don't receive that information, we cannot, um, as great as the pictures may be, uh, we can't move forward with that. Good to know. Another thing is <laughs> we at Fawn and Sable do not, other publications do, but we do not feature children. And I, I actually have three kids, um, mom of three, and just as, as a human in general, but also as a mother, I think it's just, um, it gets tricky when you have kids involved in situations from a privacy standpoint, you know, there's pedophile situations that happen in the world. And so you just have to be really careful. And we just didn't want to even go there. And we didn't want to have to, you know, have somebody be upset that maybe their child was shown in a picture on the internet for anybody to see and that, you know, they didn't get authorization for that. And then we also thought about legally, like we would have to get authorization from the parents of that child. And that just kind of adds another component of whose permission to get who signs off on the legal agreement. Um, so we just said, you know what, let's just make sure. So if there's, if you are a bride and majority of the pictures that you send in all have children in them and it's not croppable to where we can crop the child out, that also makes it difficult. Very good because I'm very anti-children at weddings. So I think, <laughs> I think by putting that out there, hopefully that enforces that. But no, seriously, I mean, even when I think of like, just, you know, scrolling like any social platform and you see sometimes like teachers or like pre-K like teachers or whatever that are like filming whatever, you know, little Johnny did something or whatever. And whether it's funny or whether the situation, whatever. And I'm just like, did you get permission from his mom to like post this video or like to record this video? And apparently like, you are, Ashley. oh my gosh. And like, and I have no kids. I have no kids at all. But like every time I see them, like, oh my gosh. But apparently like there are some districts that like, you have to basically sign that like, Hey, we may use your kid. The teachers may use your kid. Like it's, you know, it, it is what it is. And I'm thinking, no, it shouldn't be <laughs> like, why are you, why are you? But anyway, that's besides well, the point. Uh, fun fact. I actually was a teacher. So <laughs> that okay. also may play into why I, you know, felt that way. Why we all kind of agreed on like, let's just not involve the kids. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. So yeah, just, that's a tip that we have, um, you know, for our, that's one of our kind of no-nos, I guess you could say. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. So, but to be fair, we do like mm-hmm. kids and we're okay with them at the wedding. If that's okay. <laughs> that is fun and stable. I want y'all to know Ashley thinks the kids should not be at weddings. Tania does not feel this way. No, I do not. I feel this way. See, and all, all of Brittany's kids were in my wedding. They were all Aww. in the ceremony. She's got three. And then um, my brother-in-law has three, including there was two little babies. So we had the baby boys like walk down the aisle in tuxes. So Aww, but they so couldn't cute. walk. So they had to be walked by their parents. But um, the, I will never forget the aw. I couldn't see it happening, but I never forget the aw, the group aw I heard. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, the little girls. And then I finally watched the wedding video with Cassie uh, two weekends ago. 
and just seeing that. But I think there's a, I think that I guess we've all said there's a time and a place and mine were, they were gone by the reception. We had sitters set up that they could just bounce by the reception time. But I kind of did want them to hear Brittany's speech and Brittany, I'm sorry, Brittany and Cassie's speech. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they did it together for me as my co-maid and matrons of honor. So Aww. that's so sweet. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing as well. Like, you know, I want the babies to come down the aisle. You know, I, I just love the kids but they will not be staying for the reception <laughs> at least. Well, the baby won't cause I'm having, um, um, well, she'll be one by the time of the wedding, but, but yeah, she's going to come down the aisle in her cute little dress and stuff. So anyways, oh. sorry, we're... <laughs> <laughs> but I love the kids. I was like, because Cassie's so much younger, she's a lot of times flown on the radar at many a reception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like seven years old breaking it down on the dance floor. I was kidding. Like I was really that was weddings were my jam. I've I'm so much younger than all my cousins, so I was at all of their weddings. But when it comes time for me to get married, we'll see how I feel about having the kids there. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> so throughout the years of y'all doing this, and even just with like, you know, loving weddings and like seeing wedding photos and videos and things like that. Um, Have you noticed or are there any like particular trends that y'all are just like, this will never get old. Like if we get a submission with this hands down is going in again, I'm a, I'm a sucker for bohemian earthy outdoors when you guys talked about rustic, I was that rustic a few, like many, like, I guess now it's been a decade since rustic was popular, but, um, (laughs) again, I became sophisticated boho, but I'd say, you know, if you can have any sort of outdoor elements, natural, I feel like you can't ever go wrong with natural outdoor. I don't care how modern or clean cut lines are. You need flowers and the, the, the more, the merrier. Um, that's just my two cents. I'm sure Brett and Cass might have different opinions or maybe the same opinion. I'm a stickler for real flowers. Although I think nowadays uh, what we're seeing is there are some really talented people in the area of silk flower businesses and they are bringing it because it's hard to tell a lot of times it really is so that being said I mean if you obviously if it's if they're just done so spectacularly that you really can't tell then that's fine or you know in a a way that makes them look like it was like they're lush beautiful flowers um then that's fine but if it if if it's if it's a little bit more obvious I don't know maybe you'd want to get like a second opinion on that um but I would always say if you can with the budget I would rather you put your budget towards real flowers than um the fake ones and then try to cut out in some other areas and then just like just flower arches in general I'm, I'm, I love flower arches of all kinds. Like you can, like Stephanie said, you could have those on the beach. You could have those in the mountains. You can have those in the desert. You could have those. And it doesn't just have to be flowers. It could be succulents. It could be, but arches of some sort. And it could be at the church. If you choose a church, it could be at the venue. If you're just doing a, um, a, you know, ceremony and reception space together. So those can really go anywhere. And I love them. I think a trend that I love is like ball gowns. I think that a lot of 
people are going towards like jumpsuits or like shorter dresses, which I think are so cute as well. But I think that a big, beautiful gown, like when else are you really going to be able to do that? So I really think that that is a trend that will never get old because again, that's your one day to look so glamorous, so beautiful and be like, and take up like three seats if you want to. (laughs) So a big gown is just, I think that's everything. Yes. Tia and I were talking about Brittany's gown and oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Talk about (laughs) taking up three seats. We were like carrying that. (laughs) Like it took like four different people just to like lift it up and take it somewhere. I I had a hoop. I had a hoop on underneath it as well. Oh, like I had like a crinoline hoop because I was like, it needs to stick out enough for to see the intricate nature yeah. of that gown and um yeah th- and that gown was so funny because I did I went with Eva Milady um for the maker and I was eyeing a lot of those gowns her her that company's gowns anyway um and it just so happened that I actually went to Kleinfeld's and it was a sample sale and it was my first day trying on gowns. I really didn't think I was going to find anything. So I was just super casual about it. I was like, oh, whatever. And I go and then like that dress was there and it was so serendipitous because someone else, if you go to a sample sale, you have to be able ready to buy something like that, like in, and you and they do call it cash and carry. So you have to pay that day. You have to take it with you that day. So you better have your mind made up. And I was not at that place at all. So um, someone else had kind of that the gown I ended up wearing. Someone else had seen it earlier in the day, and they wanted it, but they left and they were going to come back for it, but they never came back for it. And so I tried it on, and like actually, the way I knew it was mine was that everyone in the whole place was stopping and watching me walking in it. And they were just like, and I was like, God, this must be the dress because everybody is just like in awe over it. And I also (laughs) am, but, but then I went back into the dress room and I started crying because I just was like, that's too much pressure. I can't decide right now. I can't just like, I've never, I didn't look at any other stores. Like I was like, what is this? So I, the lady saved it for me. She wasn't supposed to thank you, whoever you are from Kleinfeld's because she saved it for me. She wasn't supposed to. I went home. I had to, I had to think on it. I had to sleep on it. And I did. And I'll, it was the dress that stayed in my mind. I, I couldn't get it out of my head. And I was like, that's my gown. I knew it. So snatched it up. Yes. Well, it was beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Steffi went to Kleinfeld's too, which was really fun because I didn't know she was going to go do that. And so tell you want to tell you ended up with the same designer stuff. I did. I ended up on Eva Milady, but it goes to show just how much dresses have cha- had changed. And like, I don't think Eva Milady had anything quite like what Brittany had had the mm. time I was looking and Brittany and I do have different styles in a lot of ways. Um, but I think, and I think we talked about it. I think you guys did this or that even not too long ago. We talked about like the black wedding dress or the, the white. What did we all say? Like we all were like, Oh, that black one's cool. But to actually wear it, on your wedding day, walk down the aisle in it. You know, you can wear a beautiful black gown to prom to any, you know, you as a guest, that's a great time to wear if you go to a really formal wedding. And so that's probably something else I would say that will never get old to me is formal weddings. I, I, we required, um, 
we didn't put black tie optional. We put black tie because we know that people have become more and more casual. I have been to weddings where there's not flip-flops on the dance floor, but flip-flops, people are just wearing those in. Um, I've been to weddings where it's been like sundresses that I would literally maybe just go get, you know, just run errands in maybe, uh, or maybe in a brunch with friends type outfit. Or then you have the people who wearing like almost like a businessy type outfit. And again, that's fine, but it's, it's not work attire. It's not church picnic. It's a wedding. And it technically etiquette says if it's a, anytime a wedding is five o'clock or later, it technically should be black tie. So we put black tie and I put that several places on the wedding invitation so that there, that people could understand the assignment. And they did. And I, I look back at my photos and I love seeing everyone's beautiful dresses. Some of my friends who'd been in weddings were able to like trade with one another and like wear each other's like bridesmaid dresses because they had these gowns in their closets. Um, some people did, you know, rentals and different things, but it just was such a beautiful, classy event. And I think that form being formal in a wedding will never get old. I think the jeans in a wedding, I never want to ever, I've seen that too many times. And I, I never disgusting. want to see it again. That's it really disgusting. is. I'm sorry. If you're listening and that's you, <laughs> I don't know how to make this sound better. I, why would you ever have jeans? You know, I have been to a wedding where somebody, and it wasn't just one. It was a group of people. They came in super late. They were very, very, very casual, like running to Walmart casual. And they showed up at this wedding. No, we're not doing that. I agree. I think a wedding should just be formal. That should be it. Like there shouldn't even be semi-formal. It should be like, I am putting on a real outfit for this. I I had a black tie wedding. And the reason why I'm kind of like, eh, is because in my mind, I thought I communicated everywhere that it was black tie, but somewhere I had a link to a black tie optional. And I and people were like, oh, I, I thought, and I'm like, oh no, but now it's like two or three days out and fine. But I wanted to see everybody in like floor length gowns and like really, really dramatic, like, like you have pulled out all the stops for this and you know, they, they did good for, for what I, what I communicated. It, it's on me. It's not on them. For the most part, everyone did a great job, but I, I'm, I'm with you on that. A good formal gown, a good formal aesthetic is like, it's just, it's the chef's kiss. Um, I do want to point out one thing. Mm-hmm. If you do have the babies coming to the wedding, please, you know, I've seen this plenty of times, like the girls will be in the dresses and, and then they'll have no sneakers or, or like little boys will have on the. You know, like their little suits, but then they'll have on sneakers. Like, can we please like coordinate it a little bit? What about a baby not wearing shoes at all? I mean, <laughs> I mean that's son. fine. That's fine. I mean, the, I mean, of course they can wear it's socks. Okay, it, it was you know it was he adorable. Was six months old. Whoop. He was six no. months old. I'm just throwing shade at my sister. I love, I love her. I love my nephew. It was actually very adorable, and I didn't notice till photos later. I was like, where is this little? feet his little feet were just out but it's funny you mentioned gym gym shoes and I was like what about no shoes but sorry no you're fine (laughs) 
No, but I hate seeing like little kids in like a nice little suit and then they have on sneakers. And it's like, y'all could have done better. Like parents, like y'all could have, you know, you know, anyways, I just want to throw that in there. I agree. And to the point about, don't feel bad actually about the black tie optional because, um, so this is just the goes to show you how much things have changed and improved in terms of the formal and the formality of weddings. I think we're getting better guys because Stephanie was able to put black tie and no one questioned it on her invitation and people showed up. I mean, were they in like full sequin ball gowns? No, but that's okay. Cause they were in like full ball gowns. Everybody looked really, you know, to their, you know, to what is really beautiful for them. So I was really happy with that too. Um, rewind not that long ago to, to when, what is it? 2014 when I got married, um, I was forced by people like planner and my mom and stuff <laughs> to change it to black tie optional because I wanted black tie and I wanted to be firm on that. And I'm like, I want, I wanted this, you know, full C I wanted people to go to rent the runway or wherever their rentals are from and get that full gown and have a night and live it up and, and look like us. We're all in a movie. And, um, I was told that there were people who literally would not come if I had it at as full black tie. I, I had, you know, some of my groom, my groom, my husband, my husband, the groom, his friends, you know, had were talking and stuff. And I think some of them, you know, were like, Oh no, black tie. I, I'm not going to come. I can't come if it's black tie. Like that was very, very, I was asking way too much for people apparently. So, um, I just was told if we just add optional, then at least we can, we can try to get there. But much to my chagrin, I definitely wanted to have strict black tie. But anyway, now it's becoming a lot more popular and it's becoming yeah. more commonplace again. As we go back towards this era of formality, I love it. I agree. I think we are seeing more of the long dresses, the bow ties, like, yeah, they're coming and they are understanding the assignment. And I think also um, it's because everyone knows that they're going to get posted somewhere. So they want to look their best. I was just about to say that. I think with social media, everybody, you know, you're in the background mm -hmm. of some picture somewhere. You don't want to be the one in the flip-flops and the sundress at the black tie wedding. And you also, as a guest, why would you want to ruin that person's wedding photos in a way? Exactly. Like if you're in the back of every photo wearing that, it doesn't, it, it kind of puts a weird essence on that couple's day. So I think people that's are important. so clueless though. Like get yeah, to that point, Cass, people are so clueless though, with, in terms of guests, you'll, you'll find that a lot of times they have to ask around or they have to research, like, what are the different styles or dresses I'm supposed to even wear? What am I allowed to wear? And, and that's what you should do as a guest. You should look into it, research. Don't just show up with your best guests and think, Oh, this, thing in the back of my closet, it'll be fine. You know, look it up and try to find something, you know, whatever way you can to fit that. Um, because yeah, it just, it doesn't look that great on you. Also don't, don't do anything that's going to take the, um, you know, attention off the bride. That's my big thing that I really don't like when guests, female guests, I guess it would be more of a culprit, I guess you could say with like a lot of low cut things that are just really like that's club attire. No, 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 no. Tone it down. Oh, we totally agree. <laughs> so what's the point of a styled shoot? 
Yeah, I can start with that one. Um, from, from my photographer, I got pretty close with from her perspective, it was a lot of times just kind of get her work out there. Um, she had just rented out like a studio, things like that, which I totally understand for me as like one of our major like recruiters. And I, I, I'm one of the first one who lays eyes on some of our brides and our photos. I find style shoots super frustrating and sometimes deceptive because for two reasons, one in that a lot of times they're models, right. And you're like, Oh, I want to try and recreate that look. Your body might not look like that person. Your hair might, your, that person ha has training to be in that photo. So you could be very, you could be setting yourself up for failure by bringing in that photo to, you know, photographer say, I want to create this. I want to create that. Um, the other piece that I think gets really frustrating for me is that um, when we're searching sometimes for brides and we do get a lot of submissions um, organically, a lot of brides, most of our brides, you and vendors reach out to us. But then there are some times where I'm like, you know, I just want to see what's out there. Who's, um, you know, who's out there, who's, who's got some beautiful weddings. Um, it's frustrating when you see a photographer and you're like, wow, you have no, you have a great eye, you have a great aesthetic, but you have no real black people in your life. You had to go hire black people. And yes, I know when I was looking, I want to see that you can tone and edit dark skin. So maybe like one styled shoot with black people. But if I'm scrolling on your Instagram and that's all I saw is one black photo and I look at the date and I see it was July 20th, right after George Floyd, and you never went back to finding more black people in your life again, um, then that that's frustrating. It's a little bit deceptive to me. There's enough black people out there. There's enough ways to get black clients. You can go to any wedding show. We're there. You can go to any bridal shop. We're there. Um, so that's my two cents with styled shoots. I, I have strong opinions about them, but that's because I'm recruiting real. I'm trying to recruit re real people. I totally agree with a lot of what Stephanie was saying, but I think for most photographers, again, it's them trying to get their work out there. And that is extremely important because that is their business as their livelihood. Um, however, again, at Fun and Save, we're trying to tell your whole story. So I think that a lot of people um, will get caught up in just looking at those styled shoots because that's what looks good on the feed or that's what, you know, looks good on Pinterest. But Again, it's it's harder to really recreate those styled shoots in real life. Um, so I think not, like we don't want brides to lean on them too much. Um, and that's a really big thing. Yeah, so if, and uh, we're talking about all the people who are involved in that creative process as well. So Cassie mentioned the photographers are getting the work out, but you've got planners involved. You've got the florists, you've got the linens and the rentals and the, the lighting rentals and the um, design, you know, that event design, you've got all kinds of people, creative people who are in the industry and they're all, you know, you'll see them, they're all tagged. And I, you know, I would prefer if you were going to do, if a vendor um, or a group of vendors were coming together and collaborating as they do, if they were going to do a style shoot, I really would like for them to give a kind of disclaimer or something to let people know right off the bat, this is a style shoot just to, and some do, some, they bury it, they'll bury it in there or it'll be a hashtag or something. So um, look out for that. But I would say as the bride, be sure to do your research, really look at the picture, look through the photographers. If you, you know, if you notice that um, all of the models who happen to be black are 
of a certain body type, so to speak, if they're all very long and lengthy and lean. And then, um, you know, it just doesn't, even with their interaction with the groom in the picture, it looks kind of, po it's just very posed. It's just kind of, that, that might be an indicator that it's a style shoot, but read through the caption, read through the little um, vendor call outs, because those can give you clues as to whether it's a style shoot or not. Um, you can use them for inspiration. I, we, they do great, give great inspiration, but uh, also to some of the deceptive points that we made, don't, you, you need to think about the budget that they have. They have an enormous budget for those style shoots or just no budget at all, really, because all, a lot of them are coming together, putting their services out there with the hopes that they're going to get business. So they're kind of, they're probably just doing those things for free. So they're caught, they're getting truckloads of flowers, the most expensive flowers. They're bringing in all the best linens that are really expensive and all the plates and the chargers and the cups and the match. And they're doing all that. They're doing the full nine. So um, that's kind of a little deceptive too, in that as a bride with a certain budget, you might be going in like, I want that. Like Stephanie said, you're going to take the picture to your photographer or your planner, be like, recreate this. Like that's going to be a hit to your you know, ego a little bit when you're like, Oh, you know, the price tag on that is not what I thought I was going to be able to get. And then you might be down, you know, um, disheartened a little bit in that way. So, but even looking like what Stephanie said, trying to look like that model, don't, don't try to look like those styled shoots, because that's exactly what they're there for. Um, just use them as inspiration. But yeah, they're hard for us too, because we fall for that trap when we're going to try to recruit. And um, it happens, happens, you know, here and there for us, where we're like, oh, this wedding looks amazing. And we find out it's a styled shoot. But we yeah. do want to feature styled shoots in the future. Um, yeah. But we definitely don't want to spend <laughs> a lot of time. Sorry. I just, before I like, I don't want to dog them completely. I, I like them. We like them. Yeah, we, just, yeah. we would much rather spend our digital real estate on black rides because we want real people. That's what we care about. And that's the, the story we're trying to tell and get out there in the world is images of real black women mm -hmm. getting married for real. Cause that's what we do. I love the comprehensive answer <laughs> for this because I feel the same way. I mean, there have been style shoots that I did not realize was a style shoot until later on, or like you're saying, you know, everyone in June of 2020 realized that racism is a thing. <laughs> and so they found like one, maybe two black brides or not a black bride. They found a black groom model for their style shoot to, <laughs> you know, like check that box. And it's like, what, what, what about the rest of us? Um, I know we'll get pitches sometimes from um, different vendors that want to come on the show and I'll scroll their website, their feeds. And I'm like, there are no black people. And it's one thing if like, maybe you realize that and you're trying to do better and you want more diversity within your clientele, but say that and they don't. So it's like, oh, okay. You're probably hitting all the places and just seeing if you can come on to talk about whatever. And it's like, you're not even doing anything unique, but anyway, I agree. I feel how you feel about style shoots. I just wanted to put that out there. So we have two more questions left. How do we get publications 
to print these unique weddings? I know y'all are already doing it, but like what steps from like the bride's perspective do we need to do to try to like be outside the box so that people can see outside the box? I think one thing is putting the you into it again. Like we said, um, your uniqueness is going to come from your original thoughts and ideas. And as much as we want our blog to inspire all brides, and that's a huge thing for us is we don't just want to inspire black brides. We want to inspire everyone. But again, you don't have to do exactly what our last bride did. And I think that's a huge part is having that essence of you in it and um, that cohesive brand experience throughout the wedding. I'd say too, um, we talked a little bit about this too. We're very aware of people who did everything themselves, right? Um, When you have a team, um, you're more likely, so like my photographer, my makeup artist, my DJ, my wedding planner, her team will constantly be posting like, you know, uh, just anything that not even related to my wedding. Sometimes I'll just be like, it's almost wedding season or, you know, um, you're more likely to get published when you have a really big team. They're your hype people. They're going to re- keep reposting. They're going to, like I said, they're going to create your wedding as a stamp in time. Um, so I, it's, it's worth it to build, to build that network, that, uh, that circle of, of people around you um, because you're more likely to be seen. So I don't necessarily think that you can, like Cassie said, you have to just be yourself. I will say that if, you know, we, I listened to one of the podcasts that really um, was a great one and really stuck with me, but it was just kind of like, why are all black weddings starting to look the same? And so that's one thing that we noticed for sure is that there tends to be this, this standard that's been set or the, as the, one of the guests, I think it was Ramia or somebody put on a put as blueprint. Um, and I really like that term, but there seems to be this blueprint, this template that it's just like a formula, you know, you just got this, I have that, I have this kind of hair and I have the little brooch thingy off the side there. And I've got the, you know, and so, um, we can see that, that that's not necessarily original because if everyone's doing it, then it's not original, even if it is, um, something that you really want. So you, if you, if those, if that, if a certain aesthetic is something you want that everyone seems to be doing, that's fine. Just try to find little ways, as we talked about earlier, to be intentional, just to infuse things that are uniquely you. Don't just do the same signature drink that everyone is doing. Try to find a different way to do a signature drink. You know, don't do the same favor that everyone's doing. Don't do the 360 uh, photo booth thing, which I love those, but it fits if everyone's doing it, you know, maybe if you're still planning your wedding, anybody out there listening right now, you may want to reconsider that just because, um, you know, these are, these are like, it's like, yeah, like insert next bride here kind of situation. So to make your wedding more unique, um, try to, in certain ways, little ways, you can push the envelope a little bit, have the confidence to do that because actually we're, that's what we're looking for. We're actually looking for the weddings that have, people have gone out on a limb in a, in a, some areas of their wedding. And if you want to do that, you know, old Hollywood glam off to the side, long, you know, hair with the brooch on the side, look, do that, but then maybe don't do the exact t- 
type of dress that everyone's doing and the type same type of flowers and use the exact, exact same planner and the same photographer and the same as the next person, you know, try to find a variation in your planners, um, choose some different color schemes than what you might be seeing all around. Um, so those are just some different ways, you know, instead of maybe have a karaoke booth instead of a photo booth, you know, something like that little fun things that you can throw in there that it just would add something. One girl we had uh, that we did a feature on, she had QR codes on boxes of donuts and her husband and her um, were from two different towns who both like one was had where Krispy Kreme came from. And one was, I believe it was Shipley's donuts, which I'm, I lived in Texas and I have had a Shipley donut and they're very, very, very good. So they had a showdown to see, well, what was the best donut? And it was like Shipley against Krispy Kreme and you scanned your, all the guests could scan their QR code and vote on a little survey. And I just thought that was really, that that's the kind of stuff that I love to see in weddings. That's the kind of stuff that um, I'm looking for is what little unique things did you do that were different, that were interactive, that not everyone's doing that um, are tasty as well. I mean, donuts. Yes. So <laughs> that that's, that's a good example of something to do. If you have a budget, instead of doing the photo booth, maybe you do that instead, for example. That's cute. That's a good idea. Well, free game there. <laughs> so last question, advice to any couples or vendors that want to get their weddings published. My best advice is to just do it is to go out there, reach for the stars. If there's a certain publication that you want to be published on, talk to them, submit it, go through all the little hoops that it might take to get it on there. Because I think, again, a lot of publications are really trying to have that unique wedding. So they want to see everything. So the tip is just to literally go and do it. And I think making sure you have all of your information and your Instagram and all of your different platforms are up to date and just making sure all those little boxes are checked as well. um, Because we really like to see that and when we're publishing, we want to be able to shout you out too as vendors. Um, so if you're a vendor submitting, I think that having all of your um, ducks in a row will kind of help you get published as well. Yeah. So I would add to try to bring the full the full gallery, like we said, bring as much detail as you can. And that, that includes, you know, maybe waiting, I would say now I feel like everything is a rat race as someone, I think you had mentioned that in one of the podcasts too, actually, that it's kind of this, it's like, hurry, hurry, hurry. So, you know, people just toss these sneak peeks out there and it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's a little just rapid fire. So submit a full package. Don't just give us some sneak peeks because we really need to get, you know, you can take a really amazing, like one really amazing picture but then the rest of the wedding is kind of maybe like, hmm. so we need to see, we need to see a lot of more options than just those two to three, you know, sneak peeks, because um, that will really help us to get a better idea. And, um, you know, what the wedding was really, the aesthetic was really for that. Um, but yeah, go for it. You can do as many as you want. I mean, I know some places, are more picky about like, they only want you to submit to them. It's called exclusivity. So you do need to look up on the submissions page of wherever you're going to, to read through the submissions. We give tips on our submission page 
for a reason. So please, you know, please take the time to read those vendors and brides and grooms and whomever alike. Read through that. We tell what kinds of pictures we're looking for, how many that, you know, you do need to pay attention to the, the file size um, and like package it up in a zip file or give it to us on a Google Drive or a Dropbox link, or like I said, link to the gallery is the easiest, but give us, you know, the full questionnaire. So uh, follow the rules on there, follow the disclaimers. You're not signing your life away, so it's going to be okay. You know, just click the you know, submit, you know, the terms and condition It's fine. Like it's going to be okay. We're not going to do anything bad with your pictures. We promise we are very much about privacy and safety. We are very much about that. So, but read through the, the, the fine print and um, the exclusivity information is on there. We do not at our um, establishment at the moment require exclusivity, which means we are okay with you having gone to a different um, publication and being featured there, as well as you can also be featured on us because our belief is the more people that see your beautiful wedding, the better. We want to get as many eyes on Black brides as possible in whatever way. And there's so many people we've heard from. I can't tell you all the times I hear from like friends who's like, wow, those, these brides just have such beautiful, beautiful weddings. And they say it in this kind of way. That's like, I'm surprised. I'm shocked that black people, black women are having weddings and that they're actually having really grand, beautiful weddings. And I'm hearing that feedback and it's letting me know that like our work is, is necessary. And it's, 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 we need to get black women seen. Um, so we don't mind. We will, we, you know, we'll share those images. Yeah. I would just say, think about maybe even when you're sitting down with your photographer, you know, or when you are going through, you're considering, you know, being submitted. I think we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier too, is like, think about like, what would you want to see when in your submissions or what would you, what were you maybe looking for that? Like we talked about some creative, unique elements and just being, you know, thoughtful about, you know, what could, what could I teach someone even with my wedding when I'm, when I'm showcasing, showcasing what I'm, I'm submitting because again, you know, you know, you are unique, you, you know, you, you're, you and your husband are a brand, you're a brand now together and we want to be able to see that and you in your best light. So while we want to be unique or timeless or classy or however you want to call it, you know, think about what you would want to see and even what you would not want to see or what, what the public might not need to see. To add to what Stephanie was going to say about working with your vendors, this is important too. So like we said, vendors can submit or bride and groom or both, but I think um, however you want to work it out, one mistake I made in my wedding situation was I did not talk through this information with my vendors ahead of time. And I actually really think now, I don't know if it's, it's just getting better now where vendors like do this so much more, the submission process so much more often, because in the past, I don't think they did as much. I think it, the onus was a lot more on the bride and the groom or whoever. Um, but like now, like you said, some places won't even accept from a, just a regular old bride. It has to be from the vendors. So I think things are changing, but work it out and talk through it early on with your planner, with your, your photographer and whomever about getting published that you, if you, that's something you want to do, talk to them. Like I want to be published somewhere. So let's talk through how we can hopefully make that happen. Who's going to submit on my behalf. 
Is it on me? Is it on you? Can we do it together? What do we need to have all our ducks in a row as Cassie mentioned? Because I think like in my example, that wasn't hashed out. And I guess I just assumed that they would do it for me. And then when that didn't happen, too much time had passed by to where the publications weren't interested in really publishing anymore because too much time had gone by. And then I was just like, oh, I need to hurry up and package something up. But then it's like, well, this just came randomly from the bride. I'm not going to really pay attention to it. So I think if it comes from the vendor, a lot of times it does have more credence. So you may want to think about having them do it on your behalf um, to really give it that oomph. But yeah, so talk it through. No going ahead, into it ahead that you want to be submitted and let people be, let it be known. Oh, that's a lot. But well, I know that a lot of our Here I Do booze, um, I know that they would love to be featured. I know that... Um, like I have a vendor right now who's like gung ho about, you know, like, oh, your wedding needs to be featured. So we need to do this and this and this. And I'm like, hold up. How much is that all that going to cost? But <laughs> but yeah, but there are a lot of vendors out there that, you know, that, you know, that's a goal of theirs. And so thank you so much for dropping, you know, all this knowledge. Like we are definitely going to soak all this up. Um, I know Ashley took a lot of notes. I am going to take a lot of notes, especially when I go back and edit this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that like this information is golden because this is not out there like that, you know? Um, so yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. And we actually don't choose based on price. I just want to put that out there too, for any brides that are thinking, Oh, my wedding, I don't have the money. I don't have the money budget to be featured anywhere. That's not what we look for. Um, I mean, yes. Obviously, we think more money does make a better wedding, you would think. Um, but there are times where some people have had lots and lots of money and it's just their wedding. It just the, it was something was off about it. So that doesn't mean you aren't going to make it. Please do submit. Don't let that be a barrier. Very good to know. That's even more reason why I just love what y'all are doing because you really do get to see the wide variety of brides from the relationships to, you know, like knowing someone their whole life to like knowing someone in college or like spouse being in the military versus like being a teacher or an engineer or whatever. And like all different price points, all different budgets. And I think there are so many misconceptions about the budget always translating into like this glorious, luxurious, like aesthetic. And sometimes it's like, you spend all this money, your wedding doesn't look that great. Or like you've seen someone else's wedding that may have been half the amount and just completely blew you away. So I, I just, I love that because I think we honestly need it. We, we need it. And there, like you were saying in the beginning, we've come a long way, but there's still so much And there's like still such a gap that, you know, both of us or all three or all five of us are trying to like fill so that brides that are coming, um, you know, up next or even like girlfriends that are starting to do this research, they start to feel seen and feel like, okay, there is a wedding out there that's similar or is more along the lines of what I was trying to go to because we're not all like the big, you know, like ballroom with the like high centerpieces and the like 
gold chairs with the little like circle backs or whatever and the like wavy tables and like the dance floor and the acrylics and the like you know the that it's winter wonderland yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's still yeah. beautiful i want to put that and if out that there. is your aesthetic by yes. all means you know do that love that for you but that's not all of our aesthetics and even in 2020 when we started being seen a little bit more in certain publications um it was still very limited to kind of that aesthetic. So to see more of us doing a little bit of everything, I just absolutely love. Um, Vendorla? <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to move into wedding vendor love. Let's see. Cassie, would you like to go first? And then Brittany and then Stephanie? Or we can go the other way around. Stephanie, Brittany, Cassie. <laughs> no, I can or, start or oldest, middle, youngest. <laughs> Let's go oldest, middle, youngest, actually. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give a vendor shout out to Trinae yeah. Forbes, the photographer. Mm-hmm. So um, her work is beautiful. And we just we really love what she's doing. So I believe she's out of the DMV area. Um, but look her up everyone. She is one to watch. And, um, another person that I would say is Asha or Asha. It's A S H A Bailey is the last name. And she is another photographer that we, or I really, really, really love her, um, photography aesthetic. It's very fresh and now, so, um, give her a look-see and, and some love. I have two. One of mine um, is one who gives us a lot of love and support, um, has a very strong commitment to especially clients of all color, but especially her clients of color um, would be favored by Yodit. We love all of her, like I said, support, her positivity. She's in the DC area, but also worldwide. And um which has really been cool to kind of see. I like when my first saw her, we thought it was just the DC area, but then I'm seeing a lot of her clients are all over and she's got a great team. Um, the other is my a personal favorite. It's my own planner. Um, that is um, Natasha Churches with Isle and Co. They're in the Columbus area and I wouldn't have, not have had the wedding or the experience or the support I had without her and her team and her relationship with her vendors and um, so the vendor I'm shouting out is 311 Events. Her name is Leisha, and she's a photographer in the Seattle area. Um, so if you want to find her on Instagram, it's the number three and then spelled out 11 events. Um, her photography is absolutely amazing. She's another one who's been a huge supporter of us from the beginning. And um, we just love her work and everything that she's doing to um, show off Black brides in the wedding space. And also, obviously, we love you guys' podcasts. And it's just been such an amazing experience to be on here. And we have, we, you were one of our first followers. And it was, it's just, it's so full circle to be on the podcast. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. For sure. For sure. I definitely yes. feel like this is not going to be the first and last time. Like, we will definitely have y'all on a lot to talk all about weddings because hello that's what we do (laughs) that's what we do (laughs) 
So, Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? I would like to shout out a cake designer based in Columbia, South Carolina. I am shouting out Katrina Peaks with Twisted Baker. She is a cake designer that is licensed and insured because some of your vendors or some of your venues care about that. But she is really, really talented. And just me looking at her cakes and what she's put together. And, you know, you don't even have to be a cake person. Maybe you want cupcakes. She got you. Or maybe you're not planning a wedding, but maybe it's an engagement party or a birthday or a graduation Mother's Day is coming up soon. She can also get you together and make a cake for all of those occasions. So I would highly recommend you head to twistedbakersc.com or go to her Instagram, which is also twistedbakersc. So twisted, T-W-I-S-T-E-D. Baker is B-A-K-E-R-S-C. And of course... You can find all of the vendors we have shouted out on find.whoido.com. Tania, who are you shouting out this week? Yes, this week I am shouting out a photographer. I'm not quite sure if we've shouted him out in the past, but if we have, I'm going to give him his flowers anyway. Um, His name is John Branch, the fourth photography. Um, He's based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. And when I tell you he is amazing he is amazing i find that photographers who use like the fuji film x like their like the quality of their photos it's like clear and so pristine i don't know what it is but check them out um one day while i was bored I um I came across his YouTube channel and I literally sat there and watched a whole like behind the scenes wedding that he did. He explains everything from the very beginning to the very end. And so if you are interested in, in becoming a photographer, you can go to his YouTube channel and he will walk you through everything. Um, he tells you the type of um, camera that he uses. He, he tells you the type of lenses the type of lighting, like he tells you everything. And so definitely go follow him on YouTube, but then also check his Instagram out. You can find him JBIV photography on Instagram and you can find him online. Just go to his Instagram and you'll be able to find him everywhere. Awesome. His work is so good. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm looking and then in my mind, I was like, I wonder if he's one of those um he is. range finder and then i see that he is like Felicia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he is and he yeah he's he's definitely one to look out for um he has a hundred thousand subscribers on instagram i mean on youtube mm-hmm. i'm telling you like he's that good um i literally sat through like an hour and 15 minute video i mean it, I mean, it was probably longer than that, mm-hmm. but literally I got some ideas from him, you know, just being a bride, of course, mm-hmm. but things that I want captured in my photos. Um, I mm-hmm. like, I definitely got some tips from him. And so definitely he's one to look out for. He's that photographer, Very especially, nice. especially if this is your style, 
Um, if you want um, a documentary type style, he's definitely on that list. Thank y'all so, so, so much for coming on. Um, where can our good listeners find y'all if they want to know more all about y'all? So you can find us at Fawn and Sable on everything. So um, specifically Instagram and Pinterest is where we are really taking off. And then also we're pretty new to TikTok and posting a lot of IG reels. So um, you can catch us there with a lot more video content. And then our website is www.fawnandstable.com. Everything spelled out. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them on find.huidu.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name or what have you, you can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental note, but Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on huido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, and you can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bell Story on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week.